You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 52 with Kelsey Kerslake. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. You guys, this episode is so overdue. I cannot believe that it's been over a year, just a little bit over a year that I've had the podcast and Kelsey is just coming on now. Kelsey is the founder of Pinegate Road, which is a branding and web design agency, but it's really so much more than that. And I get probably one or two people a week that ask me about my website, that ask me about like my Instagram and my branding and my materials and all of that. And Kelsey is 100% responsible for that. And not only is she responsible for like the visual stuff, but she's responsible for getting me to believe that my business could be way more than what I thought it could be. She really opened the doors for me to see the potential that I could take it in. And she continues to inspire me. After we hung up on this call, we stayed on the phone for like another hour, just talking about business and our dreams. And she is somebody who has really pushed me and uh, stretched me to believe that I am worth more, that I can really do whatever I want, and that we can really have the life of our dreams and we can be at the center of that. So I love talking to her about these things and she just has such amazing guidance. And as you'll hear in the episode, we really became close friends throughout the process of her doing my branding. It was about a six month process. Uh, We went deep into my business and it just completely transformed it. Uh, I will consider her a friend for life. We're just, you know, we have so many similarities and we talk about so many different things in this episode. We start by covering our core values as humans and how we can, you know, use those to live our most authentic lives. We talk about food and mindset. We talk a little bit about endometriosis and pregnancy. We talk about anxiety, about being sensitive, about spirituality, and really growing as a person and, uh, you know, just stretching yourself to be that person that you know you're meant to be, which all of us have it inside of us. But It's just a testament as to the reason why we need to surround ourselves with people who are like us and who will push us and who will make us see the future for us sometimes when we can't see it. And that's really what she's done for me. Uh, So if you guys want to get your life changed with your business through your website, uh, Kelsey builds websites completely from scratch. She does branding. She'll do your mission statement, your colors. Uh, your fonts, everything. And she's just so talented, not only visually, but like 
her brain when it comes to business and all of that. So she's also offering website templates for people who might not be ready to invest in like the full thing, uh, which again is a six month process. But if you're not ready for that, you can do a website template. She also does Pinterest strategy for businesses. So I think she was telling me about a client of hers that literally grew 2 million percent, which is like completely nuts. Like, what does that even mean? Um, But she has changed the lives of so many people. And I'm just so grateful to have her as a friend. We actually met earlier this year in March here in South Florida, and it was just so much fun to get to talk to her. But I'm so excited to share her wisdom with you guys. Definitely reach out to her at pinegateroad.com or at pinegateroad on Instagram. I'm going to put all all of her information in the show notes. She's so much fun to talk to over DM. So definitely reach out to her if you want to get more information about her packages and all of that. And let's get right into the episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Kelsey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I just, I feel like I've been listening to your show and like from the beginning and just pumped that we actually get to be on here together. I know. And we've had so many of these conversations, I think in the past that probably could have been recorded, but you've just been the person that really catapulted me into thinking of what was possible for my business. When you met me, I was like in this like, really weird state where I was like, I have so many things inside of me, so many things to do, and I have no idea how to get them out there. And you were ready. <laughs> yeah, I was I was totally ready to the yeah. point like where I, where I told you, like I was almost in a depression about it. I think I just had like mm-hmm. so much inside of me and you took everything that I told you, <laughs> like pages and pages and hours of conversations and stuff, and you just packaged it and turned it into something so beautiful. I get somebody probably once a week asking me about my website and my branding and everything. So I'm just so grateful to you. And you've been such a good influence on me. Um, So I'm just so happy to have you here. Thank you. It's so cool to see the transformation that you've been able to take since we worked together. And I think that you were actually the catalyst for how we actually work at Pine Gate Road now, because you kind of came to me and you're like, So I have like this and this and this idea and this is where I'm at. And I'm like, actually, do you want to just do everything that we offer in in one package? I was like, I think like that is what you need. And before I was doing like people would come to us and I do a website or a logo or, um, you know, a mood board or something like that. And I wasn't creating this cohesive brand vision. And you were really the first person like I created that custom package for. And it's so cool to see like the vision we created for you two years ago, like is your reality now. And you're the I first know. one too. So it's like, it's so cool to see like, because it's not like it happens overnight. No. Um, and so it's like, you did that. And now two years later, because of that foundation that we built, like that is your life. Well, and it's starting to happen. Cause I remember us going through like the perfect day exercises and doing all of these things of like what my ideal life would look like. And now those things are into fruition. You know what I mean? Not to not to my goal, you know, and we probably yeah. never, ever get there. Um, oh, you will. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're starting to happen. And it is a slow process. Like even you and I work together daily contact, I think, for six months. Mm-hmm. You know, really going yeah, deep it's a, into. It's a six-month process. And yes. it has to be. Like yes. we actually tried to shorten it to five months recently with my team. And we were like, it needs to be the six months because – 
I mean, life happens too. So like, obviously if like little vacations or things pop up, like that six months is what we need to build that solid foundation for your brand and your business and Mm -hmm. really do it right. So that like, you're not doing it ever again. Like this is your foundation and this is what you're growing from and building for your entire business. Exactly. So it's just so fun for me because what I didn't think was possible or perhaps like all of these doubts that I had were made real through like intention and deep dives and self-awareness and all of these things. And it's just a testament as to like what you put energy into will thrive. Uh, Mm -hmm. And those little voices that we all have, like our intuition that tells us like that's pulling us in a separate way or perhaps we're not feeling good in our lives. We can just say, hey, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. This is just an indication that perhaps we should pivot. And with the help of others that are good at what you're not good at, um, because I tried to do my website for years, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) Then you can hire those people and then, you know, you can continue to have a relationship with them like you and I have. We'll always Mm -hmm. be friends. I think Our, and keep we have in a touch. special we relationship. Do, we do. I'm like, I'm not like, I mean, I love all my clients yeah. and I become friends with a lot of them, but like, you're the ultimate, like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I truly I see it. you as like one of my like good, good friends oh now. My God, and it's like too. because of that. And I know. it's just crazy. <laughs> I know. I love it. And I'll, you'll always be so special to me, you know, as a person and, and for what you've done. But let's talk about what you do. Uh, cause we haven't introduced yeah. you yet. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's okay. Uh, let's talk about, you know, what you do now and all, you know, obviously mm-hmm. people have heard it in the intro, but in your own words, talk about what you do and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. So, um, I run Pinegate road. It's a branding and web design agency, and we really help build the online foundation for businesses ready to, probably like they have the goal, like a big vision and a big goal. And they're probably like, I see myself making a million dollars, like in the next couple years. And we kind of build that foundation so that they can get to those goals, um, and attract their audience and be really authentic to who, you know, authentic, whatever, (laughs) authentic to who, um, they are and how they want to show up in the world. So we kind of do the vision wrangling, like you get to word vomit everything that you're doing and all of your dreams. And we kind of create that plan and platform to help you get there. Mm-hmm. And you've really grown so much. You know, when we worked together, which was two years ago now, mm-hmm. um, you had just left your full time job at American Greetings. Yep. You were just starting like Pinegate Road full time. I think I was one of your first clients that like. Yeah, you... I think you were the first client I took on um, working full time. So that was a huge transition just for yes, me. Thank you for bearing <laughs> of course, with me. Of course, no, it was awesome. Um But I just admire the way that you and you've really taught me how to live from my values, because I think sometimes we perhaps like might be operating in a certain way that doesn't work. And again, that's not a bad thing. It's just like, okay, this isn't working. What does work for me? And you kind of taught me to do that and to view it in a value sense where like, what are the core things inside of me that allow me to operate at my potential. So kind of explain that and talk about why it's so important professionally and personally. Yeah. So I actually do core values, both professionally Mm -hmm. and personally. I have a set for both my business and my personal life. And I think it's one of those things like, Oh, sorry, my dog. Oh, that's okay. We got dogs um, here on the podcast. I know, and she just like wants to play. I know. Um, <laughs> um, so it's like when you're trying to make a decision, if any option is a possibility, you're going to get spinning and loss because there's so many possibilities. And I think what finding your core values does for your business and your life is it really gives you that guiding post to be able to 
decide on certain things in your life and know you're heading in a direction that's in alignment with where you really want to be heading. Mm -hmm. So I've used them and I'm like, if I want to make a decision in my life, um, I'll be like, is this in alignment with this value, this value and this value? And if it isn't like, how could I tweak things to be in alignment more so with this value? And it helps me make decisions that I know are true to me. Yes. Which is so important for all of us too you know, to be able to do all of those things. And I remember you talked about it specifically, like with your schedule, like, um, before yeah. you moved full time, like you had this crazy schedule where you were waking up sometimes at like four in the morning, I think to, yeah, to get all of day. your work done. Uh, and I think there's periods of time perhaps like that we might need to do that if we have a goal. So how did that in the way that you lived, how did your values change that? Also. Yeah. So when I really sat down to find my values and I don't know what prompted me to, but it guided everything. Um, I found out I'm trying to like, remember, cause now they're <laughs> just like so apart. Okay. So my personal values are friends and family freedom. And I can't remember the third, but I'll tell you about the mm -hmm. friends and family one, because that was such a huge part of my value system at the time, I actually created my schedule in a way that allowed me to take all of my weekends off so I could spend time with my friends and family. And I did have a big goal of like being able to leave my job, um, run my business full time. So I knew that I was in a somewhat hustle mode and I knew that was not the end goal. Like I do not promote hustle for, you know, just as a lifestyle, mm -hmm. um, long term. But I decided to create my schedule in a way where I could get two to three hours of work done before I could go to work. So I gave Pine Gate Road some of my best hours of working. And then I went to my full-time job. I worked on my lunch break. And then I came home. And, oh, health and wellness is my my third one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because like, like then I like had my after work time, like not that I wasn't checking some emails and things, but I wasn't doing main work and I was able to cook myself like a really healthy dinner and prep and do like the things that mattered for my health and wellness. So that's how those kind of played into me creating that schedule way back when. Mm. And now that my life is different, I'm able to build those into my life in a different way. Yeah. A more sustainable way. Yes, exactly. And I think we've all been there in any area in work you know, in relationships in perhaps like, you know, in health and wellness too, where we go full force and extreme. Uh, and I think that there's a misconception that people, you know, kind of like the Gary Vee point of view oh, of like yeah. never watch Netflix, like sleep when you're dead type of thing. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. And I felt guilty sometimes. I'm like, I shouldn't I be too. doing these things. But Talk about, I know that you've been much more intentional in the past few years uh, about how you work. So how has like going into the flow in your life and kind of letting go of the hustle changed your life and your business? So I would say I still work through periods of hustle, um, but intentional hustle. And also a big goal for me and my business was to grow the business as an agency so that it's not all relying on me too. So I would say there was probably like the first like year, year and a half that I was still probably hustling a lot more than I'd like to. And I thought that there was something wrong because I'd left my full-time job. Like I should have all the time and be able to do all the things and 
be able to run my business and not feel stressed about it. But I was. And it wasn't until this spring when I realized I, I started my mastermind that I'm in and I realized that I actually needed to like hire team mm-hmm. <laughs> to help things out, get systems and processes down um, that I finally am like in a very flowy business state. Like right now we're working with probably 15 clients and and not in a, I, I don't mean to say this in a weird way, but I'm like barely doing work. Yeah, I and, mean, and everything's getting done. And like, I'm doing the work that is like, most, most important to me, which is like the intricate typography details and mm-hmm. the branding, um, the visioning, but I'm more or less leading the visioning. And I have team that's executing on it now and like, writing the copy and doing the bulk of the work work while like I can hold the vision for our clients. Um, and it's just really cool, because I have finally been able to step out of that hustle for the first time in the past like six months. And it's really about going into what your expertise is too. Exactly. And honoring that. Focusing on my zone of genius. And that Mm -hmm. was a hard thing because when I first started hiring out, I thought that I had to hire another me. And so I was like, Oh, like, because I'm doing this work, like I need to hire somebody who can do that work also. But what I didn't realize is that I actually needed to hire the work that I'm bad at and I hate doing. Yes, exactly. Which is really like, the project management, like the invoicing and the contracts and kind of like that detailed, like, hello, client, have you gotten your stuff from the copywriter? Like, we Mm. need this to integrate this on the website and stuff like that. Like, all of those little details are not my zone of genius. So I actually found out I needed to hire a project manager, which was not my first inclination at all. So now that I have a project manager, a junior designer, podcast editor, like, all of that stuff is being done and I get to show up as my best self every day. And, and, you, have that, and you have the energy to do it. <laughs> exactly. You know, which is so important. Like, You're not I'm depleted. Able to do, I'm able to do my podcast. Like I'm able to focus on kind of the marketing bits that I love to do that I put aside for so long because I was so focused on delivering client work. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you've really like not only in this way, but I think uh, just personally, you've changed a lot in these past two years, too. You're somebody now who like I look at you and I'm like, man, she is in her power. She values (laughs) herself. She uh, knows that she can bring out value to others. And you charge for that as well. And and I am somebody who has struggled with that. And you have told me too, like, you need to charge more, you know, (laughs) Uh, and and you've really like been a positive influence for me in that sense to believe like, wow, I can actually do this, too. And I deserve Mm -hmm. it. So what has that shift been like for you? And how have you like uh, developed the confidence to step into this this role? So I think that the transition, like, again, I mean, mindset is everything. First exactly. Yeah. Everything in business. Yes. Um, as you know. And with everything <laughs> um, in general. Everything, everything, yeah. everything, everything. Um, but the biggest, I think, subtle shift there was really, instead of just seeing, like, what I felt like I needed to get paid, like, or what this product was worth, I didn't go at it like that, but I actually was looking at the transformations that were happening for the business owners that I was working with and seeing what value and revenue increases and all of those things were actually happening. Um, and for I the long term for like a yeah. for like forever. Yeah. And I realized that the work that we were doing provided a crazy transformation. Um, and with that, 
because I've seen it in my own life, in Mm -hmm. order to fully step into that transformation, even as a business owner, sometimes you need to pay to play. Like, like we were talking before this, I was like, Mm -hmm. you have to have skin in the game in order to fully sometimes, and it's not for everybody, but it's how I am. Like, sometimes I have to drop a poop ton of money on something to be like, okay, Kelsey, you have to make this happen or otherwise you're screwed. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that that kind of mindset, like when I'm providing services that are at a, I mean, and we're not like crazy price point, like we're at a, like for who we're targeting, like Mm -hmm. it's a very nice price point. Um, But it's still like a big chunk of change that people are investing. And so it's like when they are investing, they're truly investing in that transformation in themselves and in their business. And therefore they usually get the results. Like if they were paying a hundred dollars for this, like they would blow it off and never make it happen. But because they're paying what they are, they're truly investing. They're truly saying yes to their business, um, to their goals, to their dreams, to their visions, and they're executing on that. And I think that that power is what transfer, like transforms these business owners. Totally. And I think that that's such a good point in so many different aspects, even like health, personal training, your business, when you invest in somebody, because so many people are not where they want to be in life in many different areas. And I was stuck there for a really long time too. And like I said, all these different areas, but it wasn't until I invested money like in you, in my business coach and did all these things. And I'm like, oh shit, now I actually have to do these things. Now it's actually happening. And that in turn made me believe like I'm a person worth investing in. And then I really made a big personal shift because you can sit there scared for a really long time, but the power of investing and believing in yourself, I think is everything. Yeah. And I've even worked with like, I have some business owners who our price points might seem really tiny for Mm -hmm. what they're investing Yeah, and they're not like putting themselves fully into these projects. And I'm like, I should charge you triple to make sure that you're doing this just because that's the difference that makes sometimes and that that I just I guess um my old business coach like opened me up to that like perspective shift and it was really cool to see how it all changed from there yeah and it's cool too when someone says yes you're like oh wow like this is actually (laughs) something I can do because I remember Uh like in the early days when I you know because you know I've been like giving talks around Miami for many years now about nutrition and and emotional eating and stuff. And at the beginning, I would do free workshops, like just at gyms and stuff, like just 100% free and hardly anybody would come. And I'd be sitting there with the trainer or the gym owner that I was with. And we would be confused as to why, like, wow, we have so much to say and we could change these people's lives, but hardly anybody's coming. You know, this was like four or five years ago. And I realize now it's because it's free. They have no, they have no, they're not like gambling on a result for themselves. And then in, as you hand that money over that you're scared to, to hand over, you turn into, into the person that you want to be through that. And I hate to say that money influences, but it's true. But even if it's like a $20 ticket, like they're putting something something into this to say like, yes, I believe in what you're providing and it has monetary value. It has value, period. And that money exchange is the energy that creates that value Yes. in that case. 
Yes. Um, and it means that they believe in it and they're ready to step into a transformation of some sort by that exchange. Yes. And it's and it goes into the money mindset as well. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and also being somebody who believes that they deserve this money because we all I never used to want to talk about money before. Um, and I remember just being somebody who'd be like, oh, I can be happy without a lot of money and all these things. But now I'm like, no, I have something that I can offer. There's a result and an outcome that I can get people. And charging something is just an energetic exchange mm -hmm. for the result that the person wants. Exactly. That was something like I, I learned this past like, you know, year or two that completely transformed my business and my mindset for yes. sure. So as we talk about like, you know, being in your business and working like we all have to do in the world to make money and stuff, what are the self-care things that you do or that you fall back on to feel better and to not get kind of burnt out besides, you know, going back to your core values? So I think I could go into like what I personally do, but I don't know if that would be as helpful as just saying like, whenever you're feeling drained, notice it and figure out why. Mm. And also when you're feeling joy and like that energetic, like fulfillment, figure out why oh, and note so those good. things. Because yes. I, I took a self-care course last year. Um, oh, nice. I don't know if you know Amy Koretsky. She's yes. an acupuncturist. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So I took this like, um, group coaching. There was like two of us in the program. We got all this one-on-one -on -one time with Amy and it was amazing. Um, and we got to create our self-care plan and have her kind of like coach us through all of this over a period of three months. Mm -hmm. And, um, she just showed it like she, she showed us that it wasn't about like, Oh, so-and-so goes for a walk. So you're going to go for a walk. It's like, does that walk bring you joy? Like, does it make you feel refreshed? Like what can you do in every moment to make yourself feel like your best self. Like I unself cared myself this morning because I ate a piece of cake before we mm -hmm. got on this. Mm -hmm. It was gluten-free cake. Yeah. But I was like, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to be like tired and sad, like on Ashley's show because I had sugar. And mm -hmm. that was a moment where I'm like, okay, Kelsey, like probably don't eat cake in the morning because it makes you feel like crap. And yes. like just noticing those things. And, and even without if you judgment. do the thing, Exactly. I'm you like, know. I, yeah, I kind of judge myself. Sorry, of course. And it's so hard. It's so hard. Trust yeah. me. I know how hard but it is. I'm like, okay, like that really made you feel more like a lot more terrible than you should have. So why don't you just reserve that for the night if you really want cake and then mm -hmm. you can sleep it off, but like not before work day. Yeah. So, <laughs> but that's something that you no learn by doing. Exactly. So it's like learning those little things. Um, and I mean, bubble baths are something I love to do. They help me reset. So like, that's one of those like general self care things that like really does work for me. But like, if you take bubble baths and you hate them, don't do them. Yeah. Um, and just do what you can to make yourself feel as best as you can in whatever moment that you're in. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of if I'm feeling stressed or I have my racing thoughts like it's a habit of mine to immediately just go meditate and mm -hmm. no matter like what time it is or whatever like that is a habit that makes me feel like my best self. Um, so I go do that. There's like there's yes. things and practices that like because I've taken the time to notice and realize that I've been able to integrate into my life and it's always changing. I'm always being curious and looking totally. for what and I think you made such a good point that everyone, it's really about what drains you and what what fills you up. Because a lot of people ask me, I mean, I've been on my health journey now for 
like, I don't know, 10 years or something yeah. where I've been like really dedicated. And now I'm at a place because I've, you know, not been at a good place for so many years. Now I'm at a place where like it's, um, you know, it's natural to me. It's habit. It's, um, I don't want to say easy because it does require effort, but some people will ask me like, how do you stay motivated to do that? Or how, what do you eat? What do you do to feel good? What type of workouts yeah. do you do? Uh, what What's your self-care? And especially my clients will ask a lot that, you know, you my nutrition clients. can't follow clients. other people's plans. A- exactly. You know, and people are obsessed with knowing about what you do. And I think that like as humans, that's a natural thing sometimes, like just to want to know what other people do. Like I like knowing about that as well, but just out of curiosity, not like, you know, that I have to do it to to get their outcome. You know what I mean? But, but you can try out the things. And you see can if try they can out work the things. Exactly. But I really think that it's exactly what you said because what works for me won't necessarily work for you. Uh, and I think in that process of self discovery, you figure out your own self and then it'll be sustainable. It'll be something that you can take with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I've been able to do this with the self-care stuff, but as you know, I'm still working on my food journey. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. So let's, ongoing thing. <laughs> yes. So let's talk about that a little bit because even like you, when we, that's why I think our meeting was so special because, um, you know, I really had no idea about what the potential was with, um, you know, meeting you and what you could do for me. But then at the same time, like a lot of our dialogue was talking about food and mindset as well. Totally. It was like, I remember we'd write these crazy long emails and the first yes. couple sentences would be business. And then like yes. five paragraphs <laughs> of like life and mindset and food and things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and because it's all intertwined. So yeah. what has that been like for you and what has your relationship with food like, uh, shown you about yourself and, and your life as a teacher? <sighs> Cause it's hard. It's hard. You know what I mean? I, and I understand. So- Yeah, I'm so up and down. And I think I've been in, I have some serious, like, ingrained issues, quote unquote, that I've had since I was probably like three or four. Like I'm realizing habits that I had way back then that are still kind of in my mind and things that I act on. So I have these very ingrained habits that are very hard for me to break. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll go, I'm currently like, I'm, intellectually know all the things yes. I feel like yes, yes um but I'm in this place where I'm not acting on them um and I choose my default habits um for not great eating mm-hmm. sometimes and I feel like over the past couple years I've actually I mean I've been very intentional about noticing when I'm doing this and trying not to judge myself um and it's been happening a lot less. So I actually, I don't even know if I've talked about this publicly, but like I used to have like a binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I've talked to you about that. And that's something that like has not been my life for two years now, which is Mm. amazing. It's because I've been able to be intentional. And if I do eat something that is like, quote unquote, like not great for me, I kind of, am just like, okay, I'm doing this, but like, I don't need to stuff myself to the point of, being really sick anymore. Like I'll just have it and then I'm done. So like that, even that is like a huge switch. Um, I've definitely struggled with like my up and down weight Mm -hmm. um, and with health issues. And I, I have this thing where it's like how much of my health issues are caused by my eating versus like my health issues causing my weight gain 
and not trying to use them as an excuse, but knowing they're a thing that is causing my life to be a little up and down. So yes, so you have um, autoimmunity stuff. Yeah. So I have Hashimoto's, um, and a really bad thyroid. And mm-hmm. then I also have um, stage four endometriosis. So that's caused like all this like hormonal stuff going on. Um, but I do feel like if I ate in a way that was in alignment with how my body felt best, that those things would probably get solved. Yes. I feel like I just I feel like that in my core, but I just haven't stepped into that fully. And and that is something I think that is like you said, it is ingrained in our brains. When it is something, especially at a young age that we turn to, uh, I've, you know, that I've, you know, I was a binge eater for most of my life. Um, and it took like 10 years, I think, for me to like really uh, step out of it. But it was something that I, I think, discovered when I was probably like four years old or three years yeah. old. You know what I mean? That, and I wasn't even conscious of it back then. It's like, I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? <laughs> Both you and I are sensitive were naturally anxious uh, and things like that. So like when I was younger, I just remember maybe not liking how I felt inside mm-hmm. and not knowing what to do. And food was just always such an easy thing to go to yeah. and delicious. And I was always like a tall human. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I like even when I was probably like three or four, people thought I was like eight years old. So I was always conscious of my size mm-hmm. and it wasn't necessarily because I was like overweight. Like I'm, I don't, think I was like a crazily overweight child but I remember being like three or four and like grabbing my stomach and like hating how I looked at like three years old yeah that's like not like so I've had this like body shame situation that I've had to like you know I'm getting through it and right now I'm at probably like the biggest highest weight that I've ever been um maybe not entirely but anyway like I'm just Mm -hmm. kind of like okay this is like who I am and trying to be okay with that um exactly but also knowing i don't feel like my healthiest and wanting to be a healthy human too but i'm yes. just in that like in between yes. figuring it out stage and and that take can take you know what i mean it can take years for some people too and i think it's actually more beneficial to have it take longer sometimes you know what i mean and that's something that we can't look at somebody else and compare our journey to them or anything uh because as you take longer, you learn things about yourself and talking about it being ingrained, even when we're so young and we develop those habits that literally get cemented into our brains mm-hmm. for decades. For me, it was like 20 years yeah. of, of this happening. And it wasn't until it was like two years, three years, four years, five years of like doing something different and having it be cemented in a different way but it was like kicking and screaming so uncomfortable uh to do the opposite of what i wanted to do mm-hmm. um and, and i was still going through like i went through the functional medicine department this past um year and i went on like a whole 30-esque keto situation Mm -hmm. and I feel like even though those are quote-unquote healthy I like as soon as I'm off the program and lose that accountability I go right back to like because I haven't had those things that were my habitual go-to things I go right back to kind of like getting as much of them as I can in and I'm like I have not figured out how to break the cycle in my own brain like I know intellectually how to do it yes yes yeah 
but that just goes haven't been able to get there but that goes back to like the power of the mind and um you know how not even the power of the mind because i think like for so many things like yesterday i was talking to my best friend about a situation that um that she's having trouble with and my response back to her was just super simple and she's like i get it but why is it so fucking hard yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> you know and all of these things like you know i mean if somebody were to be here every night with Derek and I and the conversations that we have and the stuff that he has to walk me through sometimes, you know what I mean? I think we're all struggling in some way. Um, but he's like, just do this thing or don't do that. You know what I mean? Oh my and gosh. The amount of times Todd is like, pick up your clothes off the floor and yeah. do the dishes. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. He's like, why can't you be a real human? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And I'm like, it's just so hard. <laughs> I know, exactly. It is. And it is hard. And um, I think especially like with food, it's so accessible. It's so easy. easy it's socially acceptable. Um, and to, to go through those habits and everything can sometimes take a lifetime of work. And it is very easy but then I think at the same time food has also been my greatest teacher you know and something that I can like check in with and say like okay if I want to do something and sometimes I will eat things that like just don't work for me and I'm like okay like it's cool like I don't feel good right now that probably wasn't awesome uh but uh it doesn't have to mean these terrible things about myself like I used to make it seem and then yeah. that would I catapult me watching- into other stuff. I love watching you go through like when you intentionally choose to eat the things that might not make you feel the best but you like do it with so much love like I know you were I think you were in Boston recently yes, and yes. I saw you like ate a lobster roll and I was like I love that she's doing I that. know like, I know well that was Derek's um, that was Derek's. Oh, was it? yeah okay. but I had but I had the lobster uh oh, okay. and fries and stuff and I had like you know uh just like a ton of dessert every night, like tons of sugar. And I, you know, that's not something I normally do. Um, right. Like on a daily basis, just because I'm like crazy sensitive. And if I, if I do that on a daily basis, I just like won't get my shit done. I won't want to get off the couch. I'll get depressed. I won't feel good. Yeah. Um, but being there, I mean, I was, it was like my birthday weekend. So I was like, you know, having this like flourless chocolate cake with ice cream and caramel sauce and just like fully being there and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm loving my life right now. Um, And just fully being immersed in the experience of the food. And I don't think necessarily like a lot of people say like, oh, you should just be abstinent about the foods that like that don't work for you and things like that. Uh, And I don't know if I fully agree with that. Uh, Like I did um, when I was in grad school, I was coming off of um, I had like a relapse in my eating disorder, like when I was 25. And I my boyfriend at the time suggested that I go to Overeaters Anonymous in Boston when I was in grad school there. And um, the whole room was abstinent on sugar and um all of these different foods that don't work for them, but all they spent the whole meeting talking about was their obsession with counting, their obsession with weighing their food and being like, you know, their obsession with like clean eating and things like that. And I'm like, this is another obsession. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This is another, if food is occupying your brain in a way that's good or bad, 
if it's taking up that mental space, then neither way is um, yeah. productive. So I'm like, this doesn't work, <laughs> at least like for me. And, you know, per, you know, people might be listening and saying like, well, that's the only way that I can manage my food. And that's perfectly OK. I'm always like an advocate for doing what works for you. But the real- I'm still in that space where like since working with you and like learning about you, like I I have been either like I'm really like abstinent from all those things and the clean eating or I'm really bad. And I've been trying to live in this middle. Yes. But the middle has not necessarily been working for me yet either. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm just like learning more and more about what that middle life looks like for me. Uh, I still have that like, oh, I like when I do turn to the diets, like everything works and I lose the weight and I feel great. Yes. Um, but then I come back to the middle. So like I feel I feel good being in the middle and not too much of either thing. But I still have that belief where like the only time anything has ever quote unquote worked is when I am doing the clean eating. So that's where I am now. <laughs> yes. And it is. And navigating the middle part like Jill Coleman, my business coach, uh, used to be a figure competitor obsessed with food and she's been on the podcast i'll put her episode in the show notes but her whole thing is moderation 365 um Mm -hmm. and she talks like people come to her and they're like how do i um you know how do i get to the sustainable place with food how do you eat moderately because people see her posting like her malt balls and you know her chocolates and things like that her she'll eat like a, a spoonful of like fluff and peanut butter and she might have those things every day in her wine and people are like, but how did it, how did you get there? And she's like, it took daily, like intentional daily practice for three years mm-hmm. for me to get there. And I think that moderation and kind of the middle is the hardest thing to do because dieting can be easy, you know, because it's like mm-hmm. I'm only eating these things and yeah. there's no room for anything else. And that's fine. And I love my rules. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, and and then the other one is easier too because then it's like I don't have to worry about anything and I'm just kind of like you know I let loose on the belt a little bit uh of like my constraints on my eating so that middle portion is terrifying uh Mm -hmm. but I always try to tell people too like you know perhaps you feel awesome feeling you know like the clean when you you know when you eat clean you feel really good and like perhaps focusing on nutrient dense, dense foods and things like that and then you stay there, but then when something comes along that's amazing and that's worth it and that you want it, then uh, it can be something that you mm-hmm. uh, partake in or whatever. Um, like, for example, I was just in Boston. Like, we were talking about, like, I wasn't going to be at those restaurants in, you know, the the day later or whatever. It was, like, a special experience. So, yeah, of course I'm going to eat the dessert. But mm-hmm. if there's, like, you know, something that I don't really want, and that's not going to be worth it to me, then it's just something to be a little bit more mindful about. And then, yeah, sometimes like I'll bake a cake and I'll eat it and I'll know that I'm going to want to eat the whole thing. And then, uh, you know, what I, like I just do it with that knowledge. You know, I baked a cake the other day and it toppled. It was a five tier gluten free carrot cake. Oh, my God. And it toppled over and I just cried like a baby. Oh, wait, onto the floor. <laughs> anyway. Well, like top, like it just like fell over. Like I think I iced it when it was too warm. Oh, and yes. so now I have this like, I, I just have this like pile of cake in my <laughs> fridge, and it's like. Also, I mean, for I know you know this, but uh-huh. listeners, I'm pregnant too. Yes. So like, I just lost my 
like everything. I just yes. was like, Todd, and my cake toppled over. Yeah. <laughs> You're extra hormonal. It was so sad. I oh know. That's so <laughs> But funny. yeah, I had that cake and that's what I had for breakfast. I just like, I'd been wanting one for a while. Yes. Um, and I recently turned 30 yes. and I just wanted that experience of like a layer cake. Yes. It, just like I had it in my brain and I was like, for my 30th birthday, like I want a layer cake that like is delicious and that I love. Um, anyway, so that was that. And then it like toppled over yeah. like, <laughs> the precursor for this decade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's some, that's like a perfect example because it's like you turn 30, you're making this special thing. And the fact that it's in your house, you're going to want to have it. So it's like, perhaps not as much judgment needs to be put on it. I know it's still hard, um, but that's something that would be worth it. Right. You know what I mean? It's special. Like I had a client text me today, uh, you know, and I'm sure it's delicious too, like a from scratch cake with like icing Mm -hmm. and stuff. Those are, that's like my favorite food. Those, (laughs) those types of cakes. Um, a client earlier messaged me and she was like, um, she sent me a picture of a cake in a refrigerator in her office. And she's like, I really want to eat it. Uh, and this is something that so many people go through. And I'm like, first of all, that cake probably isn't that good. It's probably like a store-bought cake. And we also have to be able to, I love the Pema Chaudron quote that says like, um, instead of putting leather on the world put leather on your feet. So like, instead of thinking that like, you need to change the world to be Mm. your own standards, like change yourself in order to handle whatever comes. Uh, And that's not easy either, either. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But something's always going to come up. And that's why it's like going back to what we talked about at the beginning, like, what are my values? What are the things that really mean a lot to me? How do I want to feel every day? And doing that most of the time, but then when things don't go well, you have to learn how to, um, you know, those thoughts can still come up, but then I think developing a loving voice as well is really important. Uh, yeah. like a voice in the background that says like, it's okay. This isn't, you know, something that I need to, uh, you know, beat myself up over. And with food, that's something that we all do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. Um, so I know that you had endometriosis and that was, or you still have it. And that's like been a journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's been a journey for you as well. Um, I know some people that listen to the podcast have endometriosis. So what was that like discovering that you had it and how did that kind of change, uh, the way that you, that you viewed things with your body? Um, I don't know how it changed with my body. Well, I don't know. Anyway, it changed my entire life, (laughs) first of all. Um, So I always had, like, terrible periods. And I actually went on birth control when I was 15 um, because of that. So I'd been on birth control, which was, I think, suppressing what was probably endometriosis way back when um, for, you know, what, 12, 13 years? Wait, yeah-ish. And so about three years ago, I started getting, like, terrible, um, period cramps. One night I ended up in the hospital because I thought I was dying. And like, this is before Todd and I lived together. And I literally had to like call an ambulance cause I was like in my underwear in my bathroom and they had to like come rescue me and take me to the hospital. And they're like, nothing's wrong with you. And I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, so I don't know. Literally what dying. Yeah. <laughs> like I might not wake up tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that was kind of like the catalyst for 
this. And I was missing a lot of work that summer because I just like, I could not even get out of bed. It was just crazy pain. And I know not everybody has the pain associated with endometriosis and they might have other symptoms, but mine was the crazy pain. Um, so for several months, they just put me on like painkillers and I was like told to deal with it. I had to go on work leave, um, for a while. And then eventually they were like, okay, well this isn't like getting managed on its own. So we need to do, um, excision surgery. And at that point, um, they still didn't know if I had endometriosis because the only way to actually diagnose it is to have the surgery. So I had that surgery and they found it like everywhere, um, took it all out. And I've been thankfully pain free ever since. Um, and awesome. with that, they also were like, so you should probably try to get pregnant if you want to have kids like now. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, okay. Um, that wasn't like, I wanted kids, but it was not something that was in my mind to start as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, but I was engaged and Todd and I were like, okay, well, let's just start trying like when we get married, like instead of waiting for a year or two or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of put that catalyst on like, okay, so like this life I've envisioned for myself probably five years from now actually needs to start now. Mm-hmm. And I do think it was like this huge gift and sign from the universe because in a way I wasn't making the decision to quit my job like because – I was scared. I was really scared. Um, and I didn't think I was ready. And this was just this huge push of like, okay, you need to get your business set so that when babies do come, you'll be in a really great place to be able to run your business and do whatever you want with the children, like whatever you decide. And that's kind of where I am now. Um, I'm in this great place where like I get to go on my maternity leave, my business gets to run itself and I get Mm. to like figure out and decide afterwards if I want to get a nanny if I want to put them in daycare and keep working yeah and not the case for a lot of people um but I did you know for the past two years I've been working to get my business to that point where I can have those options so exactly the whole plan worked yes (laughs) right like yes no but I remember you saying like at some point, like, you know, when you were going through the pain of endometriosis at the onset, you know, having a full-time job was difficult. Yeah, then. I had to go on work leave. Um, I was missing, you know, one or two weeks out of the month, every month. Um, the pain would come on suddenly, and I just felt like I was letting my team down. Um, I was still able to get work done from my laptop at home in my bed, because mm-hmm. my laptop acted like a little heating pad. Yeah. <laughs> So I just like, you know, if I I'm letting my team down in all these ways, because I'm not able to physically be there, but I'm able to run my business. So I was like, if this is my life, because I had no idea if I was going to get healed or whatever. um, I was like, if this is my life, then at least I can make a living from bed. Yes. um, Yes. What I'm doing. So I like just decided that was what I needed to do to make that step forward, because I had no idea. So and that's just, yeah. you know, the the power of just being really intentional about what you want in your life and knowing that it's possible uh, and not letting like your circumstances dictate exactly uh, where you're going to go and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so something that we both struggle with and we've talked a lot about is anxiety uh-huh. and being sensitive and things like that. So what has that journey been like for you? And is it something that you still uh, deal with to this day? 
I would, it's kind of crazy. It's not a thing I feel like affects me as much as it used to. Um, I also think that through mindfulness and meditation and different practices, I've been able to kind of come up with some coping mechanisms Mm -hmm. to help. Um, I, so when I was going through the endometriosis and like quitting my job and I was also planning a wedding, um, Todd and I were, we took like a three week trip to Germany and Iceland. I was having surgery, mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Um, I was like the most anxious I've ever been. And that is when I like, I met with my doctors and I was like, okay, like put me on medicine because this is not okay. Like I'm, I'm literally just not okay in my life right now. Um, and that really helped um, for a long time. And I, I loved how I felt like I just felt like steady and stable. And mm-hmm. like, I just had something that was like a little bit more like just holding me to be like, like a more leveled out human. Yes. <laughs> um, and then when the whole like trying to get pregnant thing happened, I, I personally made the decision cause my doctors were like, you can stay on your medicine. And I was like, well, I just don't feel personally comfortable staying on the medicine, trying to get pregnant. So yes. I had to figure out how to cope without the medicine and still being an entrepreneur and dealing with the health and all the life changes. And it was really hard at first, like really, really hard. Like I was just crying all the time. Um, I went back into that full like anxiety spin. Um, so I just, I think I got really curious and saw when things were happening and was able to, not that I don't get anxious or it doesn't happen. Like I will go back on my medicine as soon as babies are done. Like, yes. Well, like it was, I really liked how my body reacted to that and how I felt. But in the meantime, it's been a lot of, a lot of meditating, a yeah. lot of breathing, a lot yes. of taking facts, a lot of walking, like doing yeah. what I can to be stable. And knowing, um, and knowing what works for you to manage exactly. it, you know, and honoring and that. And I also went, um, in the journey of getting pregnant, I, we did deal with like the infertility stuff, like. I had to go through IVF eventually, and that's how I'm pregnant now. Mm-hmm. Um, they did put me on Clomid, and I don't know if you like know about that or have I've never any heard friends. of it. Like, so it's like a fertility drug that it's not natural hormones; it's mm-hmm. like fake hormones um, that makes you produce more eggs in your ovaries. And the side effects mentally are a little crazy. I actually got like suicidal during that point, which I'd Mm. never fully experienced that level of depression or emotions before. And my depression and anxiety on all of the things were just, it felt like that is who I was. But then looking back, like, oh, it was the drugs. Yes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was really hard. Um, It was also around the time of like the Kate Spade stuff and Mm. all of that. And I was just like, okay, go see a therapist. So like I got my first therapist at that point and it's been helpful. And now that the drugs, those drugs have like worn off, I'm like, Oh, I'm more stable person. Like my walks and meditation work again. Like I'm not just laying on the couch being like, what is the point of life? I know. (laughs) And I, yes. And I have been there too. And I think that like, you know, as I've talked to you about, I'm also on like, you know, on my medicine as well, which took Mm -hmm. me a long time to accept because there's such a stigma around it. But I think by talking about it, and I think like you and I talked about it early on, like I heard you talk about it on your podcast. Well, because I started just before I met you and then you were into all this health stuff. So I was like, I was still 
is this working? Is it not? Like I was trying it out, but yes. I wanted to know your thoughts on it too. And you're like, actually I'm on it too. And yes, exactly. like, Oh good. Like, yes. cause I think and like- then I was asking like, can you yoga and exercise and like health yourself out of the depression and yes. anxiety? And you're yes. like, Nope, I've tried. And I was yes. like, oh, okay. Yes. That made me feel better that it's, you can do those self-care things, but sometimes there is just that underlying issue. There is. And I, I remember you and I talking about this when we met uh, in March of this year, um, because I tried that too. I was like, you know, I've always been a person who is anxious, nervous. Uh, a lot of people can't tell if they meet me, but like, that's kind of just my baseline. Uh, cause I can be extroverted and things like that. Uh, but I do struggle sometimes still. And I tried for, I think once I became an entrepreneur, like not to deter anybody from doing that, like it just kind of like brought all my issues to light and, (laughs) and beginning my relationship with Derek, not that, you know, nothing to do with him at all, but it was like, here I am talking about my life story and, you know, me getting triggered and having him be like, why? And having to explain to him, like, this is the way that I am and all these things. So it was just like having all of these things come to light was really, really difficult for me. And I, for two years, I did yoga for two hours a day. I would see a teacher Monday through Friday and I would meditate for 20 minutes in the morning and like before class. And then I would do like the hour and a half class. And then I would remember getting in my car, like super sweaty and super, um, you know, worked out like my body, my mind and body were worked out. And then I'm like, I still feel like shit, like what is happening? And I remember just crying all the time and having those days, like, what's the point of life? And a lot of it would coincide like with my cycle. Like we always have mm-hmm. like a couple days before the cycle where our serotonin goes lower. So I'd be like, oh, I'm mm. about to get, I would get my period. And then I'd be like, oh, that's why, <laughs> you know, but then yeah. um, I remember going to see my friend who was my doctor, who is my doctor and just telling her everything. And she's like, you need to do this. And then going to see a psychiatrist and for me, it, it gave me exactly what you talked about, which was just like a sense of ease and a steadiness. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really gave me kind of my life back because I'm like, now I don't have to spend energy on uh, trying to get myself out of this. I can accept that I might just have a different brain than other people. Uh, and I think that comes along too with being creative and being uh, a deeply sensitive person, like we kind of feel mm-hmm. both of the things. Um, but that really helped take the edge off. Like afterwards, I'm like, this is my brain and I can't yoga myself. Even if I do all of like, you yep. know, perfect eating and meditate and, and that like created stringency in my life as well, where I couldn't be as flexible because I'm like, I can't miss my yoga class because then yes. I'm going to be depressed all day. Like my life can't be that way. So going on the medicine has been a total game changer for me. And I, if anybody's listening, who's going through that, I just, and if you're a sensitive, emotional person, I just, uh, would suggest that you explore that if that's an, if that's, you know, if that can be an option for you, because it doesn't mean that it's wrong or bad or anything. It just means that you're different. And then by accepting the way that you are and honoring that you can have a much, much, much better life. Yeah. And you, it was really cool talking to you about that. Cause you were one of the first, like, natural health and wellness kind of people that are like, yeah, it's fine and totally normal to do this. Yes. Usually it's like, no, just do like herbs and things like that. There's such a stigma. That was awesome. And And another thing 
I was afraid of becoming somebody that wasn't myself. And I felt yes, completely myself the totally. whole time. I almost felt so that was another. Yeah, exactly. You know, like and now I'm actually able to be who I want to be because I don't have all of this noise constantly in my head. Yep, exactly. So you know? that's a fear. Like you don't become this like numbed out version of yourself. Like, yeah, you become a better version. Yes, yes. (laughs) In my experience. Yes, me too. And I think in the health and wellness world, there's almost like a shame surrounding like, oh, you had to do that. Like you weren't doing these things hard enough. And that just adds another layer of shame. Like we already feel so much of it. Yeah. Like, let's just do something that can be productive, even if it seems unconventional and unconventional in the world that you're in and things like that. Absolutely. Um, But you and I could talk forever about all of the different things. Um, and we're already approaching almost an hour. Okay. So I'm going to start to ask you some of the quick fire questions that I do. Sure. Um, you, you know that I'm a big reader and I know you're a big reader too. So what are some of the books lately that you've been reading or, um, you know, a book in your life that's had a huge impact on you? Um, so for fun, I've been reading the Crazy Rich Asians. Oh my God, I just uh, read series. it. Yeah, I'm in the middle of the second one. So that's like my right before I go to bed and like my fun read right now. Um, What else? I'm listening to this book called Clockwork. Mm. um, And it's all about running your business like clockwork. And it really has it goes into that agency model and leadership and management. So that's been really helpful for the phase of growth that I've been in. Um, And it goes into like these crazy details, like when your team is asking questions like that actually takes so much time and energy away from you um and then like how to train your team to be self-sufficient so I'm like learning like very minute but important management skills that it's been it's blowing my mind but like I know like not everybody needs this book yeah (laughs) um so those are the two I'm currently listening to and then um from actually reading I do I do a lot of like audio books yeah, and then yeah. like Kindle too but yes um another one that like I'm not through but it's like kind of blowing my mind have you ever listened to or read the journey of souls no okay but now I'm curious so yeah um so this is gonna be really out there and we didn't even talk about spirituality wait I'm gonna um, ask you in a little what okay. I'm gonna ask you in a little bit about <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> um but it's like this guy was a, a hypnotherapist or something like that. And over like his 30 years of practice, like he got people into this like deep subconscious state and created this questioning system of getting to people's like souls, mm. basically. Um, and he started like getting all these patterns and things of like what was happening in the afterlife popping up throughout like all these different people and them using like very similar terms and all that. So it's kind of like his rec- like just understanding of what actually happens in afterlife and like with your soul journey and like the cycle of like how souls come into being and it's a little out there, but at the that. same time I'm like, this makes the most sense out of anything I've ever experienced. So I love that. I'm, I'm definitely like going to look hour- into it. Yeah. I'm like two hours in. It's probably like, I think it's like a 16 hour audiobook. So I have a lot more to go, but it's yeah. really, really interesting. But that sounds super interesting. Another book I read like that was Many Lives, Many Masters mm. um, by Brian something, but I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, yeah. So something I ask all the guests is if you were on death row, what your last meal would be? Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> Are 
you just um, like your most favorite thing uh yeah. like if you could have one meal like if it's your birthday or something uh and you just want to eat one thing what would it be i love ribs mm. so the, that... the moment you come to miami derek will make you awesome ones because we have a yes. smoker yeah he makes awesome <laughs> awesome ribs on the smoker yeah i love that um i'm trying to think like okay so this is i lived in savannah so at there's a restaurant called the pink house and they Mm -hmm. do this like apricot glazed um flounder and it's like crispy on one side Uh and like soft like just like a soft and like juicy on another side and that is probably like one of my favorite entrees ever Mm -hmm. um and then for dessert they also like i basically have like my favorite meal there and their um, dessert, they have this like praline basket with like their homemade vanilla ice cream topped mm. with like mangoes and chocolate sauce and like strawberries and all these fresh fruits. And I'm just, it's like the most like fresh and delicious dessert I've ever had. Oh and my so God. I would finish with that. That's awesome. That sounds so good. Yeah. Like, two of my favorite things are there. Mm. <laughs> You're um, from Savannah. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. I definitely, I love that city actually. Uh, it's beautiful, and um, I actually went there when I was a Girl Scout Aww. when I was little. <laughs> um, another question that I ask is, what has been the hardest lesson for you to learn or the greatest piece of advice that you've ever been given? I have to go back to your Girl Scout thing because I literally lived across the street from the headquarters. Oh, you was, did? Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, <laughs> like, Girl Scouts were, like, always, like, surrounding my apartment. Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, so, so sorry. That's okay. Um, can you ask your question again? Yeah. So what, what's what been the hardest lesson for you to learn or what has been the greatest advice that you've been given that you've been able to implement in your life? Um, I would probably have to, I think the biggest thing that I've learned is like, we have all the control that mm. we believe we have. Yes. Um, Autonomy. Because I think that growing up or just this maybe it was like my reality, like, I want to like, blame other situations or things and like, learning that like, my I actually have control of my reactions and mindset and like, how I'm showing up in the world has been life changing. Oh, yes. Well, taking personal responsibility for your life, because it's easy to blame. It's easy. to It's easy to be like, I'm like this because of that. But it's so much harder to say, like, my life is currently at the state it's in because of me. Like, even with my health stuff, like, I know I have some issues, but I'm like, it's not like my, like, autoimmune fault. It's like, no one's fault. Like, yes. I'm the only one that has the power to, like, change the situation. Like, no one else can do that for me. And coming exactly. to that realization is very empowering. And I think it's influenced, like, my life and my business and just everything. Totally, so. totally. And that's something that so many of us go through. Yeah. Um, or, like, if team is, like, doing something yes. crazy, I'm like, it's actually, like, that is under my control because I'm leading the team and exactly. Yeah, exactly. So the last question that I ask is in, you know, in regards to spirituality and what you kind of think is going on here in the world and in life and like the bigger picture of, you know, what your purpose is in life and, and why we're here and, and things like that. I would say like I'm really in alignment with what this journey of souls is kind of saying and it's like we're all here to just like grow each other's souls um, Mm -hmm. and get to like a higher state as a world Um, and we do that by 
working through lessons that were given in our lives um, and figuring out how to work through them in the best way possible. So that I'm a little like, I don't really know. And yeah. I hate like, <laughs> yeah, no, but that's... like, any kind of advice, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm kind of open to figuring. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess when even I went to like Catholic school growing up and I even wrote, we had to do like religion class and one of my like final papers or whatever was about like my bubble theory <laughs> or whatever. Like I just like, this was like how I had to explain. And it was like, no matter what religion you are, like we're all within like the same human universal needs and consciousness mm-hmm. and like listening to our consciousness is actually how we can, you know, progress and get, where we need to go in the world and in the universe. And even then I was like, I don't believe in any religion. Like, yeah. but I know there's something and there's spirituality and there's like something in us that's guiding us. Like there's something that leaves when we die. Yeah. Like, you know, Such a good way and to put it. I do believe that our breath is the connection yes. with the universe in yes. so many ways, because mm-hmm. that is another thing that you can't do when you're gone yes. from your physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of breath work, um, the meditation, that kind of stuff that connects me to the universe and totally just figuring it out. I have no yeah, idea. Me either. I there- look at space <laughs> and I'm like, I can't even look at the solar system because yeah. <laughs> it's too crazy. <laughs> it freaks me out. I'm like, it's so big. Yeah. It's so, we're so small. Um, There's my many little brain vomit on that. <laughs> I love that though, because I love hearing everybody's different perspectives because it always just comes down to the same thing that like we, as long as we follow what's inside of us, it'll take us where we need to go. And the journey to get to our like highest self is not easy. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so I challenges and it's going to be, you know, your intuition and your consciousness is not, it's not just going to, yeah, it's not going to be this easy journey. Sometimes it's going to push you towards this bigger, better place. And it's scary because you don't know where that's actually leading. Exactly. Uh, and I used to be somebody who used to just want to be comfortable all the time. I'm like, oh, if I'm evolved, then it's, I'm just going to cruise. And it's been the opposite. But oh, <laughs> all yeah. of the challenges that I've been given have always taken me to that next level, despite not feeling good uh, in the present like- moment sometimes. Um, but knowing that we're stable enough to, or not stable enough, but that we're equipped to handle whatever comes, mm-hmm. uh, we're able to grow. Yes. So it's been so much fun. Uh, and like yeah. always, I could talk to you forever. Let everybody know where they can find you online and how they can reach out to you and work with you if they want to change their business like you did mine. Yeah. <laughs> so just reach out to me on Instagram at Pinegate Road and we can, you know, we you can follow along, watch stories, we can connect. Um, and if you do want to talk about doing anything for your business, reach out and I'll let you know how to schedule a call. Yes, definitely reach out to Kelsey. She's awesome to talk to in the DMs. You know, um, I'm like, I just want to hang out with you. I know, so, she's so much so, like, fun. I'm always in there like chatting. I know. We, it doesn't we, even have to be business stuff. <laughs> we chat like we're every other day. We're probably chatting in there. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. So definitely reach out to her if you want to work with her, if you just want to say hi. And thank you again for coming on the show. It's been so much thank fun. Thank you so much for having me. It was amazing. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends and give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.